With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Part of the Over the Monster Network. Swinging a high deep drive in the right field. That one's stalled to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Presented by SB Nation. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. High He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Strikeouts in 2017 for Chris Sale. An absolute strikeout machine. 13 tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. They're all loaded. High fly ball. Deep in the left center field. Way back it carries. And that ball is gone. The Red Sox walk it off. In style. That's how it's done. The X-Man strikes. Fly ball to deep left center field. Devers has hit it out. The rookie takes Chapman the other way to tie the game. Welcome to Over the Monster, your destination for all things Red Sox. Uh, my name is Shelly Verstreet, and I'm a writer uh, here over at uh, Over the Monster. And you can also find some of my musings over at uh, Picture List, uh, The Dynasty Guru, and Prospects 365. And today, as usual, um, I'm joined by uh, Trevor Huth, um, a writer at Picture List, Prospects 365, and you know a couple of our SB Nation um, sites, bless you boys. And... Uh, uh, the Tiger site over in SB Nation. Uh, so, Trevor, how 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 are you? How are you doing? Good, good. Surviving, trying to just make content where there's nothing new happening. It's it's an interesting world uh, to try to be making baseball content. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> it, it it really is. Um, I mean, personally, I find uh, I, I'm kind of struggling. Um, when it comes to, to pushing out the content and just really just trying to watch like some minor league uh, baseball, but uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying. I, I, I'm at least trying to put an effort here. <laughs> I've been throwing myself into the draft and trying to learn a bunch of those guys. Of course, they just cut that down, so I've probably done way too much work all in all, but uh, that's been where I've been spending most of my time is trying to figure out... Uh, who I like in the draft for the Tigers to take or for, well, no, just the Tigers to take after they take Torkelson. 
Yeah, so uh, so you think it's going to be Torkelson? Like I, oh, that's... God, I hope it is. Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. So I, I've had this conversation many times, and obviously this isn't Red Sox, so I'll make this quick. But when you're talking about what the Tigers need, they need somebody who is going to be a hitter. So I don't, you know, people are putting the value in there, and I get that argument with Austin Martin potentially is the other guy. But um, I'm just saying throw that out the window. Get the guy who's got the highest floor as a middle rotation our middle lineup, middle of the lineup bat, and that's Torkelson. So if they don't take him, I'll be sad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, because I mean, they have uh, uh, those those three that they have. You know, uh, Manning, um, Scooble, and Mice. Um, they, but they, I mean, they they're quote unquote set as well as you can say set for pitching prospects. Uh, but it's like y'all, y'all need some hitting. Y'all need some hitting yes. really bad. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and if your argument's going to be war value, yeah, Martin will have it because he'll play a position that's not first base. But offensively, I just think Torque is too good to pass up on. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so for this for this episode, um, we're going to go over just like a, a couple things, a couple of uh, news and notes. Um, and then we're going to go over the um, over the monster prospects uh, list. Uh, in the first episode, we did one through ten, and then um, in this episode, we're going to do eleven through twenty. So we're just going to kind of, you know, recap the list, and then you know, I have a few questions to kind of like banter about. Um, but before we get to that, um, I do have uh, some maintenance and reminders. Um, if you don't mind, uh, if if you like kind of what we're doing here, just go ahead and just. You know, go on to your iTunes app or whatever uh, podcast listening app that you might be listening to. And just go ahead and just, you know, hit that uh, five-star review there because that would be great. And, uh, heck, even if you don't like us, just go ahead and leave a five-star review. And, a, and a, you know, just like a little comment there. Um, that would be great. That would be really great. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go to the uh, news and notes now. And uh, there's really not... Uh, that much going on um, but there was a kind of a biggie uh, it's a big thing when it comes to prospects that happened in the last couple days uh, we kind of we, we found out that uh, next month's draft is only going to be limited to five rounds which I can't say that I'm surprised about that um, I was I was really hoping that it would be the 10 rounds but we ended up with five rounds um, and basically teams have you know five rounds of picks and then anyone who goes undrafted um, is el- eligible to sign for a maximum of 20k which just really stinks um, uh, <laughs> just really stinks for any anyone awful. really it, it really is it's terrible. Awful. Yeah. Um, so, Trevor, what are your kind of a initial thoughts other than, you know, facepalm when it when you saw this this news come out? I mean, it's it's not like you said, it's not really surprising. Um, it seems like uh, this thing we love, this minor league, uh, these minor leagues are just taking a massive hit. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, cutting up to 40 teams, losing you know, only a five round draft. Um, but uh, if we're going to find any positivity in it and I'm stretching, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the players handle the undrafted players handle that, um, 
post-draft signing because they can choose their favorite team. They can team up with some of their buddies that they played with. I mean, um, you know, if and this isn't going to happen, but if a guy like, let's say, Gage Workman were not to get drafted, even though he'll go probably in the second round or so, but, um, you know, he, he's Spencer Torkelson's teammate. So if he doesn't go draft, you know, if he doesn't get drafted and the Tigers take Torkelson, then, you know, why, what stops them from getting this solid player? So that's going to be really interesting to follow, I think. It shouldn't be happening even a little bit. Um, and also, the, the 20,000 is a ridiculously small number, so... Hey, let's uh, let's just see how it plays out since it's completely out of our control. But uh, no, it, it's terrible, and um, that's the best I can do in finding a silver lining. Yeah, I mean that's what I was um, actually like before we we got on the podcast here. I was talking with my husband about it because he writes um, about the Reds, and I was just like, yeah, I mean this this totally just absolutely sucks, especially um, for. You know some of the some of the seniors who would maybe be drafted in the six to ten round range, maybe even after. Like they just totally lose uh, their leverage. But like if you were like a massive Red Sox fan, right? Uh, you could just be like, and you get I don't know, like three offers from teams, and one of them has to happens to be your favorite team. You know, you might just uh, just go there. Or if you get um, a couple of offers from uh, teams that are really good at developing players, like the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers and uh, the Rays, maybe the Padres, um, they, they might kind of have a leg up here when it comes to signing those uh, really interesting guys that just didn't get drafted. But then maybe some orgs like, I don't know, the, the Pirates and maybe the Royals or someone like that, they might be uh, kind of, uh, you know, rock and hard place kind of thing. But all in all, I, I really do uh, think that it stinks with it, it this. It does. It's an opportunity for some teams, too, like uh, Milwaukee, who whose farm system is, to put it nicely, not good at all. And... Um, uh, so it's it's kind of an opportunity for them too, because if they can try to sway some guys to you know sign with them, they can restock a farm system pretty quick in term you know just because they don't have to they can get a bunch of guys who would go in the sixth round or something. Those are usually pretty decent uh, guys or can turn into fairly decent prospects. So it's going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and kind of bringing this back to the Red Sox side. Um, uh, we kind of lost. We, I mean, we lost our second round pick this year based on that sign stealing scandal thing. I just don't want to talk about it because, yeah, I'll just I'll just gloss over that. Um, <laughs> but do you think <laughs> do you think this is a good time, quote unquote, good time to lose the second round pick when a draft is only five rounds? I don't know how much of a difference it'll make. Um... You know, I think that this, I will say that I think in terms of the depth in this draft, I think that this is a good year because you're still going to be getting a pretty decent prospect uh, 17th overall. Yeah. That makes up for losing your, your um, you know, second round pick. But, you know, it's 17 overall in some years, like even last year, you're not getting a guy that you would get at, you know, at that pick this year. So um, you're seeing a guy like Garrett Crochet or Robert Hassel, in uh, some mocks going to Boston. So th- they're going to get a pretty interesting prospect either way, I think, um, at one. And then you wait till the third round. So 
I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, it certainly doesn't put you at too much of a disadvantage if other teams are only getting, you know, five or six picks. Um, but I think that... So to answer the question, I'll give a definite yes or no. I think it is yes, just because of the depth more so than the fact that it's five rounds. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention uh, the the depth that is in this draft, I, I would agree. Um, I would agree with you. Um, it's I mean, it's never a good time to lose a draft pick, but if you're going to lose one, I guess you lose one where the the depth of talent is so so vast that you're not quote-unquote losing too much um but there's also one other uh kind of little tidbit of news since our last podcast uh we kind of got some uh noah song news uh i was listening to uh the socksprospects.com podcast uh which is a really really just amazing podcast and uh they they kind of gave they gave an update on noah song um Basically, he has not reported to the Air Force, um, the academy down in Florida, uh, because they're because he's still waiting on his uh, official word on his uh, waiver request to basically not have to report to duty and all that. Um, so that so that's interesting, um, and really the the biggest question that comes out of that is is this kind of like lag time does that count to his two years of service if he does have to report to the academy or not um do you have any uh thoughts on noah song just by chance i i i don't other than the fact that it's it's interesting that essentially this is it's news but it's not really news i mean we 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 didn't know what was happening before um so we were waiting and now it's still kind of waiting we just know that he's still waiting also (laughs) Uh, which is which is kind of interesting, and also I do want to point out while I have the floor here that the best part of podcasting with you is the fact that we have dogs in the background. <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be that would be Soto. I am so sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like right before the pod, like they just uh, both by my my. my French Bulldogs, Orsillo, and Soto decided that it would be a great time to get really rambunctious. So I decided to separate them, and Soto was not liking it. So. <laughs> and Soto's the newest one? Yeah, Soto is uh, just, he just turned four months. So oh, wow. he's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's an adventure, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so that's uh, that's our news and notes section. So we're going to head um, down to our second half of our top 20 um, Over the Monster Prospects uh, list discussion. Um, so we're going to go through 11 through 20. Uh, and um, I'll just, you know, do like a quick rundown of, you know, who was 11 through 20, like the position, age, level, all that. Um, so at 11, we had Matthew Lugo, who's a shortstop in uh, low A. He's 18 years old. Then we got C.J. Chatham, who's kind of just a middle infiel- in- infielder, triple uh, A, age 25. Connor Wong, double uh, A, catcher, uh, age 23. Uh, Nick Decker, 20 at low A, outfield. Cameron Cannon, a recent draft pick. 
Uh, second base, shortstop, uh, low A, 22. Uh, Marcus Wilson, outfield, uh, double A. Aldo Ramirez, uh, a right-handed pitcher, 18 years old. Uh, Brian Bayo, uh, also a right-handed pitcher, age 20. Um, and then uh, 19 and 20, we got two more pitchers here. Ryan Zephyrjohn, uh, another right-hander, age 21. Um, and then Chris Murphy, you got a good old softball here to round out the top 20 um, at age 21. Um, so Trevor, who out of the top, you know, 11 through 20, um, who's your favorite on this list? That's tough. Um... I yeah. there's it's it's between two. I like two guys a lot. Uh, Nick Decker and Cameron Cannon. Uh, they're right next to each other on this list, which is I think good. But um, I, I just like both of them a lot. I don't know if there's too much separation. Um, I think if I have to pick one, it's going to be Nick Decker. Um, you know, I I just it's the lefty. It's the smooth swing. He's got loft on it. Um, when I was you know, doing my research on these guys to make sure I knew I had things to say. Uh, I loved the video. There was a, a video of him from like 2018 where um, he was hitting off a tee. At, you know, there's a radar there so you can see his exit field. He hit it 110 off a tee and then had to like dodge the ball so it didn't hit him in the face, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but I mean, you know, he, he's listed at six foot, 200, lefty swing. He's just, I don't know. I, I think that. Uh, I just like the smooth swing. It's tough to say no to a lefty swing, um, especially when it can create some pop. Um, and and Cameron Cannon's the other one. I just he's got a nice smooth swing, and and he'll have some I think gap power, hitting from the right side of the plate. But uh, no, definitely Nick Decker. Uh, yeah, out of, out of out of those two you mentioned, I I definitely uh, give a. Uh, Two thumbs up to the Nick Decker love. I, I, I really, I really, I just, I just really like him. Uh, and he's drafted out of the second round in 2018. Uh, but we didn't really uh, see him uh, right after he was drafted because he, he broke his wrist in his first professional game, which is really got to suck. I mean, come on, like, you just all excited to get in your first professional game and then you break your wrist. Um I mean, that, that's just awful. But, the, I mean, this past year in Lowell, uh, he finished second in ISO and third in slugging. Like, he had an ISO of 224 and a slug of 471 while hitting 247, 328, 471. And that is being a teenager, which is just just so good. And that that, that sweet left-handed compact swing uh he's just he just just really just barrels up the ball and his i'm just stance like, too his stance, he's got a nice open stance he stays yes. tall keeps his hands like he it, it, um oh i had a not not for like power or anything but it kind of i can't remember who i was going to compare it to with his hands but he, he just keeps his hands like he just looks like he's about to mash a baseball before he even swings the bat which i love yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I caught a, uh, a couple games um, on MILB TV of his, um, just so, I mean, of the entire team, because, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting players in uh, the lower levels of the Red Sox system, so it's a really good opportunity to see some up-and-comers. Um, but I was just, I was just like so enthralled with just Nick Decker, and then, you know, getting on YouTube and just finding like some more scouting video i i definitely very excited to see what decker can do 
and uh, then when it comes to canon, I was I was actually like a little bit just I don't know disappointed. Like I mean, he had he was like really good in college, and I was just surprised to see him struggle so much um, after he was drafted. But I I'm still high on him as well. Yeah, I I mean, you know, canon for me it's just uh. It's for me. I just I'm a sucker for compact swings. I look at numbers secondary. I think we said we've talked about that last time. Where I'm looking for things that I like, and then if the numbers support it, then fantastic. But I know his numbers weren't great. But it's just with him. Um, I just like that he gets his. It seems like he gets his hands to the ball pretty well, and he's got a, a nice, uh, quick swing that I think will allow him to access a little bit of power. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I don't think it's going to be some true like. You talk about Cameron Cannon, you're like, oh, he's got, you know, some serious pop. I just, you know, he, every now and then I think he'll he'll find some gaps and uh, maybe run into, uh, you know, five, ten home runs a year maybe. But I just, I like that swing, and I think that the compact swing will, will definitely play. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it just, like, one thing about, like, the Red Sox kind of, like, development system for the last couple of years, I mean, like, we've been, like, really good at developing hitting. So even though he quote-unquote like struggled uh, during his like first pro debut I I kind of just trust his his uh, what he did in college plus what the Red Sox can do from a hitting development side where I'm not really put off by um, his struggles All right. Um, so there's like there there's a couple of middle infielders um, through eleven through twenty, um, but I guess like the closest one to the show, quote unquote, is uh, C.J. Chatham, and I, I I I don't know what I what I like about C.J. Chatham. Like I've always been maybe a little bit higher than like a lot of other people on this guy. Uh, he, he reminds me a tad bit of Brock Holt, which might be, like, blasphemy to say it, like, Red Sox Nation, because Brock Holt is amazing. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that maybe he could be, like, like Brock Holt, like, the guy who plays everywhere and is just good? Or do you just think that he's just, like, a, you know, just a bench guy? Um, I Well... I think there's two boxes to check there. I think that, yes, he can play everywhere. And um, uh, the only reason that I say that is because if you look up C.J. Chatham, if you want to, you know, um, put his name into a Twitter search and look at the videos, or if you want to go uh, to Google and do the same thing, honestly, I found mostly defensive highlights um, and good defensive highlights. Like, this dude can play. Um, most of them come from the shortstop, but I think that his, his glove would translate everywhere else. So I think it depends on what his bat does. Um, and that's the second part of this is, is can he be good? I think that's going to be directly dependent, uh, on, on his bat. Um, and, and as it so often is, I think with these types of players. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've watched his swing. Um, it's not... I mean, I don't love it. I, I know that I like that he doesn't necessarily go with it. You know, he doesn't have a huge leg kick or anything. He just kind of, kind of loads and goes, which is, uh, um, it's kind of like a, like a trunk twist kind of load. Um, and he's got some pretty quick hands. I don't know how. I just don't know if it'll be consistent. I think he'll have his moments. Um, 
And I think I don't know that he's gonna have a ton of power. Again, gap another gap power guy, kind of like Cannon uh, as we were talking about. But uh, defensively, I think you can plug him in anywhere. I think it's just gonna be a matter of how is his offense gonna be playing at the next level, and that's where I'm still not quite sold. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I mean, he has great bat to ball skills, but I mean, it's just that bat to ball skills. Like it's it's and dunks, it's ground balls, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely not like over the fence power. So it, it will be interesting to see whenever he does make it to Fenway, because I really do think that he will, um, just based on, you know, the Red Sox depth chart. Like, I do think that he'll, he will make the show. Um, but it's just... I, I, I really hope that um, he is a little bit more than just a bench guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't doubt that he, you know, he can make it. Um, like I said, I think it's just a matter of, of finding consistency at the plate. And uh, to be honest, I, I can't, I, I should have had his numbers pulled up. I don't, I can't think of his numbers off the top of my head. And, uh, you know, he could have that. He could have found that consistency already. But uh, just looking at, you know, the swing and everything, I think, I think he'll have a chance. I just, I don't know if it's going to be there or not. Yeah. I mean, like he hit, uh, he mostly played in double A last year. He hit 297. Um, he struck out 17% of the time, but only walked 4% of the time. So, I mean, there's just, and he hit three home runs <laughs> kind of thing. Let's see how many doubles did he hit? He had 26 doubles. So, I mean, it's just going to be more of like a doubles machine if, if, he, you know, just doesn't get the bat kind of whacked out of his hands, essentially. But, I mean, that's not necessarily bad for the guy that you're throwing out there to play a bunch of positions. And, you know, he plays a full season just based on the fact that he's giving the rest of his teammates a, a day off. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, it, it's not terrible. I mean, you look at the guys who have done that. None of them are the super offensive stars. If you want to point to, I don't know, let's say Hernan Perez from the Brewers when he did it again. I mean. Well, I, I'm not going to say too much about Brock Holt because, again, blasphemy. But, but you know, he's not up there with, with Rafael Devers in terms of offensive production. So, And I hope I don't get smited for saying that by uh, um, by the Red Sox faithful. But, but you know, the point I'm making is that it, it doesn't necessarily need to be that, you know, huge offensive guy. He just needs to be able to play at that level. And then if he can, if he can hit all the positions reliably defensively, then uh, I think he can easily turn into that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I kind of, like, I like to refer to baseball teams as, like, bands. And not everyone can be the lead singer or the guitarist. I mean, you need a you need a bass player. And, you know, maybe sad, uh, Chatham could just be your bass player. Just like that everyday just kind of guy who just helps you out and makes you sound better. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's a much better way of trying to say what I was saying. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's move uh, maybe like a little bit further down the list and talk about some pitchers um, that, I mean, I kind of like. Uh, they were both drafted last year, uh, Ryan Zephyrjohn and Chris Murphy. we got a righty and a lefty. Uh, Zeph is the righty and Murphy is the lefty. Um, Zeph uh, was drafted in the third round and Murphy was picked up in the sixth round. Um, is there one that you like more than the other? Uh, yes. Um, I like, um, Chris Murphy a little bit more, uh, 
maybe it's the fact that I'm a lefty and he's also a lefty. Maybe it's just the fact that I, I like his breaking ball, I think. When, I, when I've when i watched the videos... Oh, okay. If you heard that, that was somebody revving right outside my window. Okay, but uh, I, uh, I like his... Um, breaking ball and his breaking stuff a little bit better I think um, I know that I mean it's impossible not to like uh, Zeph's size he's just a big old dude it looks like um, but I just I don't know for some reason for whatever it is the breaking ball of Murphy has me sold on him a little bit more uh, yeah I, 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 I totally agree with you uh, for me uh, I would definitely take Murphy um, he's the more advanced guy I mean he's kind of got like a four pitch mitts going on uh, he's got a fastball, changeup, curveball, slider kind of combo going. Um, and that just kind of intrigues me, uh, basically because, I mean, he has more pitches than Zeph right now. Zeph has, you know, you know, a mid-90s fastball um, and then a slider. And that's really about it. He's kind of been working on the changeup. Um, but I, I just like Chris Murphy's offerings. Uh, and the, the strange thing about him is he struggled with walks like throughout his throughout his college career uh, but then he had an impressive um, uh, 21.3 K to BB ratio which is pretty much like double his K to BB ratio than he had in college which is just like really weird um, and I just really hope that that sticks um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I still, I still like Zeph. I mean, because like you said, I, he's he he looks like a pitcher. He's six five, two twenty five. So when you watch him, I'm like, he looks like a starter. Um, and and he's got that. I mean, if you look at some of the grades around, he's uh, a lot of people think that he can have two plus offerings um, at maturation. If that's if that's true, then that's fantastic. When he uh, with the fastball slider, I believe is the other pitch. Yeah, it is because you, you said he's working on changeup too. So. Um, there is a lot to like there, and again, he's got the size. He struggled with walks a little bit um, yeah. in his debut, if I recall. It was up near five, I think. Um, yeah, it was... I mean, short, short sample size, small sample size, but still uh, striking out a lot of guys, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually just surprised to see how much uh, he struggled with walks because, I mean, he didn't really have that um, coming out of college. Um, but uh, I mean, the, it just as, as a Red Sox fan, it's really interesting to see how much interesting pitchers that they have at their lower levels. Because I mean, it's been a couple years since we've had like more than like one interesting pitcher. And I mean, Murphy probably will settle in as like a mid rotation uh, kind of starter. But I mean, if Sefajan can just get those uh, other pitches going. Uh, with that size, I mean, we're looking maybe at a number two kind of guy. Like, if if he reaches everything, and that's a big if because he's very young and very far away. Uh, but, I mean, it's just it's very exciting to see um, really intriguing arms in the lower levels. Yes, it is. And, and you know, uh, Murphy uh, right now, he again, he doesn't have that size. And I don't know. I think that what's going to be good about um, – Zeph is that he, uh, I th- if you know, even if he only has the two pitches, and with his size too, he could he could take on a starter's role. He could be a back end guy too, especially if he's got two plus pitches, and um, you know that might not be enough to to go two or three times through the order. But you put him in for an inning, maybe even two, 
uh, and you can, you know, he can use both of those pitches successfully. Exactly. And, and kind of the way that it seems that teams are moving, like they're moving to that Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays kind of like blueprint and just starters aren't going as long. So, you know, maybe he can, he can make it work in like a, a bulk inning guy type of thing if we want to talk about like what the Rays are doing. So, yeah, I mean, the, these two guys are, I, I do find that they're very interesting. Um, but uh, moving on to another uh, lower level pitcher, Aldo Ramirez. Um, he made his way to Lowell last year. He's only 18 years old, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, he has like this really interesting like three quarters arm slot, high leg kick, and he just like just throws like just so many strikes. He has a fastball, slider, changeup. Um, and his actually his changeup is the better of the three, which is kind of interesting because it, it just based on his age and it's usually not what you hear um, about um, the changeup being like the pitch for basically like someone this young. Uh, he's kind of on the short side, about six feet tall. Um, do you have any uh, thoughts on Ramirez? Uh, do you think that he could be a starter, or are we kind of maybe looking at a? bullpen piece at this point i i think there's a starter uh in him um i you know i watching some video doing some reading on him what i like is that people are saying he uses his curveball early and often and i i love that especially out of young arms i love guys who who aren't you know who don't just save that breaking ball for um, you know, late in the count, like he'll just throw it at you, which gives him another weapon. I think, um, you know, that's that's part of what would make him so, you know, what made him so successful. And you, you mentioned the changeup too. So he's already got three pitches uh, um, that work, especially if the changeup is his best pitch. He's probably, I think, he just needs to learn to throw it a little bit more based on what I'm, um, you know, what I've I've seen and, and read, but. Uh, no, having those three pitches already is fantastic as, as long as he continues to work on it. And uh, he does have the interesting arm slot. It, it looks like, um, it, to me, it looks like he strides a little bit short in his, uh, yeah. when he goes out. So when he, he lands, it's all arm whip coming through. Um, so you get that kind of, uh, you know, s- speed with the arm coming through and you, you get him striding out a little bit more and it's, in, it's a little more in sync. I mean, I think there's some potential there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so as well. And and just um, like going back, uh, Zephyr John, Murphy, and Ramirez, like they're all at the same level. Um, and uh, like I said before, I mean, we just, as Red Sox fans, we haven't really had like so many interesting um, pitchers uh, for so uh, in the in the lower levels. Um, but I'm very excited to like see what he does probably next year because I really don't think there's going to be a minor league season this year. Um, but I'm just very excited to see uh, what the what the Red Sox development team does with um, all three of these guys. To be honest, because they uh, Zeph and Murph uh, they're definitely a little bit further along in their development. I mean, they were drafted out of college, so they're a little bit more advanced. But just what Ramirez has done. Uh, for being someone so young just makes him very, very exciting. Yeah, and, and, you know, I will hype up any pitcher who can use a breaking ball early in the count. 
yes. when they're, you know, 17, 18 years old, because I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I, th- I, th- I think, I just think it's one of those underrated skills because nobody ever talks about that. They'll mention it when a player can do it, but, um, you know, the whole thing is, oh, they have time to develop the confidence in their breaking ball, but if they come in with it, man, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so just one last question here based on the uh, 11 through 20 ranks here. Um, JBJ is most likely leaving Boston at the end of the year. Um, I, I, I really doubt that the Red Sox are going to re-sign him. Um, and I was really hoping that uh, Jaron Duran would take his spot in center field. Uh, but with this like crazy season um, that really no one knows what's going on, uh, I mean, Duran's going to miss most likely like a year of development time. Um, so the guy ahead of him, kind of in the center field depth chart, is Marcus Wilson. And uh, I, I got kind of scared about maybe Marcus Wilson manning center field. Uh, do you think that they would give uh, Wilson uh, free reign at center field next year? Or do you think they'd be Duran? Or do you think it's going to be maybe like a free agent or something? I don't know that they're going to hand the keys to just anybody, uh, you know, say, okay, this is our guy right now. Um, I think that, you know, you come in and uh, Duran, Wilson, maybe even a a year, a guy you're paying for a year to be a stopgap, you know, comes in and and there's your competition for it. Um, It wouldn't be smart of any organization to just say, okay, you're young. You haven't played the major league level. Here's the keys. Your position. Have fun with it. You got to have some some kind of competition. I don't know that uh, if you just look at the numbers. I don't know how much uh, that Wilson would be um, ready. I think to to take the keys. I mean, 2019, he what reached double A for 206 at bats and slash 223, 319, 408. So I think there's still some room for him to uh, to grow. Um, but you know he's in Double A, so I think I, I definitely think he would get a chance at it once everything settles in. They'd give him a look. They'd have some sort of competition in, in whatever the ramped up spring training would be, or whatever next year looks like with regular spring training. Um, but the answer is no. I don't think they'll just you know they'll look, but I don't think he'll be Manning center field at all. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of like the conclusion I got to as well. Like I had like a mini freak out as I was like putting this pre pro together and uh, I was like oh no we don't we don't have a center fielder after JBJ and uh, you know I don't think Duran is ready who's next I'm like oh no it's Marcus Wilson oh boy uh, but uh, yeah I, d- I do think that we'll probably have like a, a stopgap guy um, but I do think that maybe Marcus Wilson should get some run um, I mean he's they added him to the 40 man this offseason so uh, there, there is a there is a chance that you know that uh, he does get a like a little bit of run next year. Um, but I, I do agree with you that they're probably just gonna have like a, a stopgap guy before uh, seeing really what Duran is going to do because I do think that Duran is their center field long term option. Yeah, and as long as you're not, uh, you know looking to win the world series this year right now the stop gaps are fine i mean if, yeah. if you are and and you know to your guy of the future maybe that's when you you throw him the keys and go it's yours to mess up but 
Um, you know, if you have time to let them mature, then absolutely. There's the stopgap. I think is usually the way to go because that's just you know, you're, it's a one-year deal. You're not paying the guy a lot, and if he's performing well enough, then you flip him at the trade deadline, get another decent prospect, and <laughs> you you have a guy who's played half the season, getting ready for his chance at uh, at the big league level. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Trevor, did you have like any other thoughts about 11 through 12, uh, 11 through 20? Uh, no, just, just, uh, can't stop thinking about Nick Decker. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, am so glad that you're on the Nick Decker train. <laughs> <laughs> like it, 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 you don't really hear him talked about a lot and I'm just like, why, why not? So. No, you don't. And I saw one video. I, I saw one video when he hit a home run, and I was like, okay, I'm in on this dude. I don't care what the rest of the videos say. I mean, I watched them more, but I just saw the first one. Yes. And I was like, this, I'm in. Yep, yep. All <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm just so glad that we agree on him. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you can reach me at uh, ShellyV underscore 643. Um, I do have uh, a couple articles coming up on Over the Monster. Um, I'm kind of reviewing um, uh, the Andrew, uh, not Andrew, uh, the Anthony Rizzo trade from like many years ago and whether uh, Rizzo or like what we had going over at first was better so it was like is the Anthony Rizzo trade was it was it good or was it bad and that's been kind of interesting um to go through and uh uh you can find Trevor at uh on Twitter at at uh Trevor and he's been doing like some really interesting things over at Prospects 365 uh Trevor what do you what have you been doing over there uh, uh, Prospects 365 do film study Friday so uh, yes. if you go over to at Huth Trevor's Shelly said uh, Wednesdays I'll put out a tweet saying throw me prospects and I'll look at draft prospects you know and anybody in any system and try to find video uh, sometimes it's not successful but luckily we have a lot of video out there on a lot of a lot of prospects and I look at way too small of a sample size video make a snap judgment let you know about it on Twitter, and then uh, at some point over the next week, um, I get a recap article up on Prospects 365 that kind of fleshes it out a little more, um, you know, adds numbers. I try. I don't look at numbers when I make these judgments, so I add the numbers in when I do the recap, and, uh, you know, try to make it fun. It was pretty busy this week, so I was very happy about that. So, yeah, that's that, and i got tons of other content, too, that that'll, that comes out. It all goes through my Twitter account, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely have been enjoying uh, your film study uh, Fridays. Uh, I gave you a, a, a Thad Ward kind of shout out because I, I love Thad Ward uh, this yes. past week. So, so there's the example, right? You say Thad Ward, now we go find Thad Ward really quickly and we say words to fill in the time. Thad Ward, so she says Thad Ward and I quote the tweet and say, it's a quick leg lift and he's gone, very quick delivery. Flash is a nice breaking ball. I think I thought it was a slider. Uh, also has a curveball, and the arm slot will allow him some arm side run, and that's all I said. And then yeah. uh, there's more. I've already written the recap, so hopefully that's coming out soon. Hopefully it's out by the time this this uh, pod, you're listening to this podcast. But yeah, so it's a fun thing. I, I like when I just like getting to talk about prospects with people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's gonna do it for our second episode. Uh, so thanks for listening.